Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? At More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be and host of the More to Be podcast. I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On today's episode, we have a friend of mine that I'm excited to introduce you to. Her name is Asherita, and it took me a little bit to figure out how to say her name after first meeting her at a Christian bloggers conference. She has become a friend, a fellow writer, and a mama in the trenches of motherhood. And I am excited to have her here with us today because I think she will have the ability to speak into your life as a young mom or a mom of littles, depending upon your age, you may be young or old, (laughs) but in that journey of balancing motherhood and marriage and missional work, which is something y'all know I'm pretty passionate about. Asherita is the founder of One Thing Alone Ministries. She helps overwhelmed women find joy in Jesus through creative spiritual disciplines. She is also the author of several books, including Full, Food, Jesus, and the Battle for Satisfaction, and her newest study on Colossians, He is Enough, Living in the Fullness of Jesus. What's really neat about Asherita is she grew up in Romania as a missionary kid, and she lives with her high school sweetheart, Spunky Children, in Northeast Ohio. So Asherita, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. As you were sharing the intro, I was like, that's right. We did meet at a conference. Do you yeah, remember I do when remember. I ran up to you, you're in the food line and I was like, oh, it's Lisa. I was so starstruck. That's so funny. Cause I was like, what in the world? Like I'm a nobody. Why are you talking to me? Yeah. It was really funny. It was funny. You, you have been so encouraging to me over the years, just following you online and I'm, I'm just so grateful that we've become friends and partners in ministry. What a joy to do this together. Yeah, super fun. I remember you coming uh, up to our hotel room that night and sitting in the chair in the corner and Stacy mm-hmm. was on her bed and I was on my bed. It was like we're having a slumber party. And I remember you were just at the beginning phase of your kind of public writing journey and your publishing journey. I think you were meeting with agents and pitching ideas at that conference. Do I remember Mm -hmm. that right? Yeah, I had not yet uh, done any traditionally published books. I had self-published one book and I was going to self-publish another and a friend of mine encouraged me to pursue traditional publishing. So I was at that conference with a uh, book proposal in hand, just praying that the Lord would direct my steps. And it has been an incredible journey in the last, what, three and a half years now. Yeah, it's been a fast turnaround for you. you. I would say you're on the fast track. Oh, Lisa, the only way I can put it is the Lord has been pouring his favor out on me and our ministry and opening one door after another. Like there's no way I could make this stuff up and there's no way I could barge my way through those doors. Uh, And it's just so good to wait on him and wait on his timing and watch how he works. Yeah. Yeah. Which I want to get into that today. I want to talk about that in this context of how to balance which, you know, we both believe there's no such thing as balance, but how to, how to steward motherhood, marriage, and, and your missional work that he has called you to and what that looks like in your life. Because I think a lot of people see what we're doing from a, a one-dimensional perspective. And I want, I want to kind of expose a three-dimensional perspective for those who are like, how do, how do they pull this off? Um, 
but I would love for you to kind of start by telling us a little bit about your family and your upbringing, especially your Romanian childhood and how that's kind of all shaped you and brought you to today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very long story, but I'll try to make it short. Okay. Um, my parents grew up in Romania and they loved the Lord and served him there and had to leave because of persecution under communism. We arrived in the U.S. and after a few years, we went back after the revolution to serve the gypsies in Romania, to share with them the good news that Jesus Christ died not just for white people, but for them as well. And God loves them so much that he wants a relationship with them. And it was just incredible to see hundreds upon hundreds of men and women and children be transformed by the power of the gospel. It was like watching the book of Acts come to life. Wow. Um, Yeah, it formed my view of who God is. He's not just a distant deity that did incredible things in the Old and New Testament, but is kind of distant right now. He is alive and active, Mm. and he has placed his Holy Spirit inside of us. And that, we said that just marked me for life. And as a teenager, I dedicated my life to ministry. I said, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, honestly, I, I really thought I'd be an Amy Carmichael. I would just be single my whole life and serve as a missionary wherever God sent me. Um, I had a heart to help women, especially come to know and love Jesus and find their joy in him. Mm -hmm. And, um, Around the same time in Romania, I met a boy in fifth grade summer camp, and uh, mm-hmm. boys still had cooties back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we became fast friends and wrote letters back and forth, and then in ninth grade, he convinced me to get an email so we wouldn't have to wait like two weeks for letters to get through the postal system internationally, um, because my family and I traveled between Romania and the U.S., mm-hmm. and um, our relationship bloomed. We started dating in college, got married as soon as we graduated. And I remember one of my, um, hesitations with our relationship was how is this going to work? Because Mm. Flavio did not feel the call of full-time ministry. And yet I knew with every fiber of my being that I was, this is what I was created to do. Mm. So how is this going to work? I don't Mm. know. But at the same time, I don't know that I would advise young women um, necessarily to follow in the path that I did, but it was a close walk with Jesus and an assurance of, you don't see it now, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it work out. Mm -hmm. And um, yes to Flavio and yes to ministry, even though it didn't really make much sense at that point. Mm -hmm. And then we came back to the States um, after we got married and um, there was a season of just intense pain and brokenness. Uh, My parents divorced and um, the Lord worked a lot on my heart. Um, A lot of bitterness and anger and resentment. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing short of a miracle that he um, showed me how to forgive. And within a short period of kind of working through that, um, I had always also wanted to be a writer. I didn't know how they would go together. Mm -hmm. I mean, Amy Carmichael wrote books. So I was like, I guess I can write books on the mission field. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Elizabeth Elliot was also one of my spiritual heroes and um, went to school, majored in English. So I kind of had that in my heart. But uh, Lisa, I was nobody. Like, (laughs) no (laughs) publishers knew who I was. Like, I 
I knew how to write well, but I didn't know how to get published. But I heard about this thing called blogging. Yep. I was like, okay, all right, Lord, here we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you went for it. Yes, I started, well, I got pregnant with my first, and I thought, well, I'm going to have three months off of work for maternity leave, and what a great time to start a blog, because I'm going to have all this time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not so much. Yeah. Well, that's the pre-mom perspective, right? And everyone right. who's had a baby knows, like, the sleep deprivation, the emotional roller coaster, postpartum depression, like, all those things are real. Yeah. And it was hard, but uh, the Lord guided me through that. And so I started OneThingAlone.com one month after Carissa was born and spent time blogging, writing, um, learning what are women struggling with, what resonates with them. Mm -hmm. And this idea of finding joy in Jesus came up again and again. You know, I think of Jesus looking at Martha and Martha had been so busy, so overwhelmed, trying to get dinner on the table for these at least 13 men that were Mm -hmm. in her home. Um, And he says, you are busy and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Mm. And I looked at myself and my life as a new mom and my friends who were in the same season and really women in all seasons of life, we can identify as being overwhelmed and busy and so much to do. Mm -hmm. How do we find that one thing alone? How do we make time for it? How do we discover joy in Jesus? Well, that's kind of my journey with the blog. That was awesome. It's it's really interesting because I have just finished editing a podcast that is coming out, came out last season with uh, Katie Reed, um, Made Like Martha. And so I love, my brain right now is like, boo, like both the finding rest in God's love was the theme of that particular episode with Katie Reed. And then hearing you say one thing alone, finding joy in Jesus and looking at these love and joy kind of as two pillars that apply to us all, like regardless of season, stage or age. I mean, I'm older than you and finished the baby years. You're in the middle of the baby years and, and the same truths apply to me as they apply to you, which is what God's word is. It's timeless. It's, for everyone, there is nobody that is excluded from needing the truth. So, right, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. So, I think we look at Mary and Martha and we put them in opposition to one yeah. another. Like you're either sitting down at the feet of Jesus, or you are serving Him hands on. You're either a Mary or a Martha. Yeah. And you know, I think as we look at Scripture, there's a beautiful picture of Martha later serving Jesus with joy after mm-hmm. He had raised Lazarus from the dead. Um, just her belief in him. And I mean, it's a beautiful story of redemption. So I think it's possible to have that joy to be in that place of loved daughter as we go about our day. Yeah. Yeah. So what does your day look like? (laughs) Well, um, so Carissa is now five and Amelia is my second daughter. She's two and a half and Theo is a little boy. He's five months old. Mm. Um, and I am right in the thick of young motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Late nights. Theo woke up twice last night. Um, every day is different. But today, I 
back-to-back interviews to share the message of the wonder of the names of Jesus. Uh, So some days look like that, where I'm running from one place to another, interviewing, sharing what God has done in my life and how God wants to bring joy in our lives in the presence of Jesus. And other days, it's being home with the kids, uh, going to the library, checking out books, making Mm -hmm. chocolate chip cookies, picking up three dozen toys off the floor that somehow still find their way on the floor again mm-hmm. as soon as I turn around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are parts of my life that look impressive and glamorous, uh, but when you look behind the scenes, I mean, as moms, we all kind of struggle with the same things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with, okay, what am I going to put on the dinner table tonight? And yeah. do we all have clean underwear? <laughs> and right. Can I sign that form for Chris's preschool? Oh. <laughs> uh. The, the chaos, the balance. Uh, yesterday was a classic fail on a gazillion levels. Um, yesterday morning, uh, it, it, I laugh because it's hysterical to me now that I'm not in the moment. But um, Stephen uh, and the kids usually leave for school at 7 in the morning. And typically they take one car. But if Abby has a late day or she's working after school, they'll take two cars. So Stephen heard Luke's alarm going off and said to Luke, sleep in buddy go in with your sister and Caitlin had already made that decision so I get up fix breakfast for Stephen and I to have together he heads off I get into my chair to get a few things done before I hit in the shower to go to Bible study and I'm so engrossed in what I'm doing I look up I'm like I gotta go get that shower I'm gonna be late and as I walk up the stairs I had this moment of oh my word I don't remember the children leaving they were all in bed completely overslept by almost 40 minutes or more I turned to Abby I'm like Abby what time do you have to leave and she said it's Sunday mom I'm like no it's Thursday you need to go to school she goes oh no and everybody like flies into gear and I'm like buy lunch today and because we had no food in the house I go to make them eggs for breakfast we only had one egg left Five minutes after they're out the door and on their way, I get a a text from Caitlin saying she forgot her sports bag. I mean, it was just like the disaster of the morning. The the win in it all was I didn't lose my cool. I didn't overreact. I was calm. I didn't, I wasn't that angry mom from a decade ago. And, And Caitlin even said to me as she kissed me on the cheek on the way out of the house, she goes, thanks for the grace. And I was like, oh, God, thank you for the grace. Because that wouldn't have been my reaction years ago. Because years ago, I would have let that moment define me and my value and my worth as a mother. And that I I could see how God has stripped that from me and said, no, your performance in this area, I'm not measuring my love based on your ability today. And I, I, things happen, Lise, like, we screw up, we make mistakes, we sin. And and if you tried to like look at how did this happen, I mean, it happened in a bunch of different ways. Like Luke didn't reset his alarm. Caitlin didn't set her alarm. Abby stayed up too late and was tired, but she was studying. And the kids were up late because Stephen had friends over and their laughter kept the, the twins up. And that's a good reason to fall asleep late because your dad's having fellowship with a great group of men. And so, so it was all these pieces of the puzzle and I think what happens is that we, we compare ourselves mother to mother, woman to woman on the puzzle piece that looks shiny and good 
instead of the whole puzzle, we just pick up one piece and measure. I'm an epic fail because my kids got their a tardy to school rather than looking at the whole piece of the puzzle, which is, well, they're tardy, but they're also loved. Um, so that that just kind of, I liked that you said there are, there are these different sides of your life, the picking up the toys side and the I'm writing books and running a ministry side of it. Right. I think something that a friend of mine said once is, Ashrita, don't compare your front stage, your behind the scenes with someone else's front stage. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, especially with social media, to say like, wow, she's got it all together. Like, look at her being super mom. Mm-hmm. Whereas here I am, like, I burnt the toast again. And <laughs> like, we're running late. I had a flat tire the other day and I couldn't pick up my daughter from preschool on time. I mean, there are things that are out of our control Yeah, that happen. I love what you said that our, our identity does not rest in our performance. Yeah. Uh, God delights in us and he invites us into a place of worshiping, worshiping him and working from rest from yeah. being okay with him because yeah. of who Jesus is. Yeah. I know you spent, if I remember right, you spent some of the summer reading deep work or was it last spring? I started in, yeah, early in this year. Well, early last year in uh, early spring. How did that influence you? I haven't read it, but I've heard people talk about it. Oh man. Lisa, it's uh, one of my top two picks this year um, for what women should read that and 12 ways your phone is changing you. Oh yeah. Um, have deeply, deeply affected um, how I do online work and how I'm present with my family, or at least how I'm trying to be. Um, but this idea of um, the internet can be such a wonderful tool. And, you know, just kind of finishing that story that I started with, how am I going to be faithful to this calling to minister? What a gift that from my own little home in Northeast Ohio, I get to reach out and encourage really hundreds of thousands of women around the world. Mm-hmm. There is no way I could have had that impact in one little place. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband, God knew ahead of time, he, he handles all of the IT for me. He graduated with computer science. And so we very much are partners in ministry. Now we get to do this together now. Yeah. Um, and that is just oh, such a gift. The internet can be used to advance the kingdom of God when it's used well. But it's also, it can be addictive. Mm-hmm. It can um, be something that I use to check out at the end of the day when I feel exhausted and numb and I just want to veg out with a TV show or scrolling through Instagram <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, I think that that's going to be okay. That's going to help me in some way. Um, but the only thing that truly restores my soul is time in his word. So that book, deep work really challenged me to think through, um, am I being intentional in how I use my time online or am I just mindlessly consuming content? And if God has called me to steward well, the season of life, um, the space that he has me in, you know, whether, you're a writer, a speaker, whether you are a nurse, a school teacher, a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. anything else, you are also gifted in the body of Christ 
to serve one another, to serve mm-hmm. primarily where he has you, whether that is with the little kids or you're an empty nester and you're serving your neighbors. We're all to plug into the local church and serve that way. Mm-hmm. And so my, my challenge as we think about this missional motherhood, you know, it doesn't matter what your vocation is so much as am I being faithful right here? Am I mm-hmm. present where my feet are with mm-hmm. the people that God has placed in front of me? Yeah. Yeah. So I know when we were kind of chatting about what we were going to chat about, you had shared with me how Colossians is a, a place that you end up landing as your, I would use the word like maybe barometer, guide, check and balance system. So tell me more about that and and where you go to in Colossians, like what rings through your head? Well, I mean, the, Colossians is so practical and mm-hmm. <laughs> challenging me like, okay, where am I going for satisfaction for my identity? Um, and do I really believe that Jesus is enough? But it gets super practical in the last part of the letter. And Paul says, you know, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, mm-hmm. teach and admonish one another, sing praises and worship songs together. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving mm-hmm. thanks to God the Father through him. You know, in another place, Paul says, whether you eat or drink mm-hmm. or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of Christ. And I think, Lisa, it's easy for us um, to think that some work is more holy than other work. Mm. Like when I write a devotional, that is kingdom work, right? Mm -hmm. When I speak on stage, that is advancing the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. But when I am making waffles for my family, I can just kind of check out and think, well, this doesn't really matter as much. This Mm -hmm. isn't as important or as holy in the grand scheme of things as what I do when the people, the public see me like that is more important. And yet again and again, God points to the secret place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That in the little things we are, when we're faithful in the little things, we're trusted with a much. Our father who sees in secret will reward us. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine recently said that she's reminded of this when she folds laundry, which I dislike by the way yeah <laughs> I wish I had like a washer dryer combo that also folded my laundry and put it away magically. I have a secret for you tell me it, your children just give them like another year and get Carissa okay. to work on it they're they're a brilliant extension of the washer and dryer uh, okay I have to keep working on them <laughs> <laughs> you you can oh, you man. have to let go of standard it takes time to develop the standard. It the if it makes it into the basket, resembling folding into the room, it's, it's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, but my friend, what she said is she has she wrote this on the bottom of her laundry basket in oh. permanent ink. Um, she who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. Excellent. Man, how convicting. Excellent. Right. Yeah, it's in the little things that yeah. we honor the Lord. He looks at that, yeah. and and Jesus says, you know, it's not the big things that the Father will say, "Oh man, look at you." Right. It's, did you give a cup of water in my name? Right. Did you see someone naked and clothe him? My one of I'm not going to name names, but one of my kids loves to run around the house naked, <laughs> and my husband says, "I look forward to the day." when every butt is going to be covered. <laughs> we don't have to deal with this anymore. And, and I think we take these 
these things that Jesus said to his disciples and apply it to other people. And it does apply to other people, right? Yeah. It, it is extending mercy to those in need. Um, it is visiting those who are in prison. It is feeding the hungry. But that mm-hmm. also starts in our home. Mm-hmm. When we do this to our little ones, mm-hmm. we are doing it as unto Jesus. Yeah. It is an act of worship. Absolutely. I, I find it interesting, you know, whenever you enter into scripture, we enter into scripture, it's easy to take out what feels good and, and march with that, right? So like, mm. you know, looking at Colossians 3.17 is what you quoted, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. But if you if you back it up to verse 12, I'm going to pick up from there and just read a little bit here. It, it gives that whatever uh, some like action steps, like mm-hmm. here, here are some whatevers that you need to be whatevering. <laughs> so since God chose you to be holy, be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so right there, it's talking about whatever is relationship, whatever relationship you're in, these are the ways that you need to enter into those relationships. And, and Paul continues, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. So it's not only the what you're doing for others, gentleness, kindness, patience, but how you're responding to their offenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which I think is interesting that we're talking about laundry and Paul <laughs> talking about clothing which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with all wisdom. He gives sing Psalm and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks to him through God, the father And I pull out of that, like, Paul isn't saying whatever you do that you get paid to do, whatever you do that you don't get paid to do, he's saying whatever you do as who you are, do it as a rep of Jesus. And and here's how you do it. You're kind, you're gentle, you make allowances, you forgive, you put on love, you pursue peace, you look for places to live in unity, you choose to be thankful, you teach the word, live the word, sing the word, uh, and do it all with a thankful heart. I mean, this is tall order that applies to our missional work in motherhood and our missional work in our ministry and in business in every regard. Hmm. I love that Paul says, you know, at the end, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, because yeah. I'm, I'm coming off of a season here of spending time meditating on the names of Jesus mm. and what that tells us about who he is, that he is the Prince of peace, that he's the good shepherd who carries the lambs. He's the light of the world who lights up the darkness And as I spend time meditating on what is true about Jesus, if his spirit lives in me, those things ought to also be true about me in my interactions with others. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a striving so much like, oh, I'm going to try so hard to forgive this person. 
it is a natural outpouring of what is true of Jesus and what is true of me as a child of God. Uh, Forgiveness should pour forth out of me, that kindness and tenderness and mercy. Mm -hmm. Man, that's convicting. Very convicting. And and it ties into what I have tattooed on my body, right? Like I've got chosen on my arm and I've got beloved on my foot. And it comes from this verse 12, since you, since God chose you to be holy people, he loves. And it starts, it's what you're saying is the same thing. It starts with your identity. Like who, who are you because of who is Christ? Mm. And it, that's just hard to live, I find because the messages that we have received from our childhood or from the world tell us another story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's this term I stumbled upon of soul amnesia. <laughs> we oh. all forget who God is and what he's done from mm-hmm. one day to the next. I mean, I yeah. look at the Israelites in the desert, uh, Yeah. right? Yeah. God had brought them out of Egypt under such oppression with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And he parted the Red Seas for them. He's leading them to the promised land. And here they are complaining about they don't have food to eat. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to like take an Israelite by the shoulder and shake him and be like, come on. Like, do you yep. not think that God will provide? Like, will he abandon you now? Yeah. And yet I do the same thing. Lisa. All the like, time. God has been so faithful to me. He has forgiven me he has provided for me mm-hmm. and yet I still wonder sometimes like will he really pull through this time I know. Um, and also of my identity like he yeah. has called me I love that you pulled that out holy chosen beloved mm-hmm. this is who I am and yet I still am tempted to return to those old labels yep. of who I was yep. and I do this with my daughters. You know, I have kind of a unique name. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's Hebrew. It means God is my happiness. Uh-huh. And my parents gave it to me as a blessing over my life. We see this in scripture. Parents did yeah. that for them. And I've done this for my children too. I, I, my husband and I have prayed over what shall we name them? God, what do you have for this child? Mm-hmm. Um, and such a special process every time I've been pregnant. And so there will be times when I pull my oldest aside and I say, Carissa, you are a woman of God's grace. Mm. That is who you are. That is the name that you bear. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens in this life, you will always be a woman of God's grace. Mm. I look at Amelia. I say, you are a woman of God's strength. For some reason, God has, that is what God has laid on our hearts as parents. And that is what he's chosen to bless you with. That in God, you find your strength and with him as your strength, you will be able to defend the weak. You will be able to stand up for the oppressed. This Mm. is who you are. This is what is true about you. Mm. And with little Theo, um, Theo Emmanuel means man of God's loving presence. Mm. And I speak that over him. He's even as a little five month old, you are a man of God's loving presence. This is what is true about who you are. And I think even as adults, you know, regardless of what our name might mean, uh, scripture says he will give us a new name, that we bear the name of Christ. And so we remind ourselves, what is true about who I am in Christ? Yeah. So good. You make me think of, well, two things come to mind, like the gift of being raised in a godly home and how your 
my perception right now is that you know the word and you know how to speak it over your kids, even if you may struggle with it personally. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but as a, a woman who was not raised in a Christian home, I end up falling into a place of like, I don't even know I should say that to my children, right? Like there's that, like nobody has even said that to me. That's so unfamiliar. But I, so I just want to encourage the mamas who are listening, who feel that like, I didn't intentionally pick my kids' names or I didn't, I didn't know I should even say that to my children. I'm going to say right here, it's not too late for us to try. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to point you guys all to Beth Moore has a post on her Instagram account from, you're going to have to scroll way, way back in it and look for uh, the picture with her and Priscilla Schreier. So she, she talks about how she was on the phone with Priscilla Schreier in the morning as Priscilla was sending her youngest son, Jude, off to school. And uh, this is what I'm reading this from this Instagram post. She said to him, wait a second, don't you dare head out that door without saying bye to your mama. And I, Beth Moore speaking, heard her hug him and smooch all over his head. Then I got to sit on the other side of that phone and hear her make all her classic Priscilla Schreier declarations over him with ample volume as he walked out the door. At that moment, I'm picturing War Room and Mm. and Priscilla, you know, I've I've seen her preach as well, like just, you know, (laughs) declaring the word in her home over her son as he leaves. And she said to him, uh, let me see, you are a man of God. You have integrity and character. You are strong in him. And as he headed toward the car, I heard her say, son, do you know that? Can you hear what your mother is saying to you? Do you believe those words? I hear him mumble in an all load voice and sleepy and probably a tad annoyed by the early morning enthusiasm. Yes, ma'am. And I, I read it last night and then I shared it with Luke and I shared it with Caitlin. And I said to them, I want to be that mama to you. I didn't even know I could do that. And I don't even know if I would remember what to say to you because though that tape doesn't play in my head, it doesn't play in my own heart. And I, you know, and I am working to, for it and I am working, not striving, um, seeking God to remind me to play that tape in my own heart. So this morning, the kids are out the door. Like, remember that thing Priscilla said, you are, (laughs) you are something about character and integrity. And they laughed at me and they said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. They walked out the door and I thought, okay, I have obviously a little slow on the uptake here. I'm going to have to make myself a post-it note and put it like on the fridge or something that I need to learn a new script to mm-hmm. speak over my children and maybe if I speak it over them and it's not even too late for me to do this for Leah in college or Abby who's setting mm-hmm. off text messages would be wonderful imagine me sending them that every morning and and then maybe it will get through my thick head that I am I am my name actually means God's grace like I am a mm-hmm. gift of God's exa- extravagant grace uh, and so will I remember that each day as his chosen, holy, and dearly loved child, which actually oh. is my mantra. The girls know anytime they're in crisis, I'm like, you are chosen, holy, and dearly loved. Like that's just been coming off my lips for years. Mm-hmm. You're doing but it. I am. You're doing it, Lisa. I, yeah. There's no 
script. I mean, there's no formula like, oh, I need to say these things exactly. I mean, we see in yeah. Numbers 6, I think, where God says, you shall speak over the children of Israel. And this mm. is what you shall say. The Lord bless you and keep you. Yeah. And he make his face shine upon you. And that's kind of where I trail off because I didn't memorize the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like we can speak that over our kids, but then yeah. we can also spend time with the Lord and say, Lord, what, what do you want my child to know? that is true about him or her. Yeah, it's never too late to start that. Excellent. And it might change with different seasons, you yeah. know. Um I, I you are doing that over your kids as you're telling yeah. them that they are chosen holy and beloved. Uh, that is being stamped on their souls and yeah. hearts of what is true. It is. It is, which is it's good that you said that because what what it means for every single person listening is it's not too late to start that now. And, and to seek, like you're saying, seek the Lord for what is that message for your heart that he has for you? And what is the message to speak over those that you are caring for? And that's missional motherhood, which my definition of missional is on purpose uh, and doing motherhood on purpose for the glory of God equally doing our work on purpose for the glory of God, whether that work is what we're paid for or what we're volunteering in. Uh, it, it translates in both. So mm-hmm. I have one more question for you before we wrap up. If you could tell your younger self something about God that you know now, what would it be? Mm. He loves you. Lisa, I've grown up knowing that in my head, mm-hmm. singing the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, I would say, the last 12 to 18 months that God has really been driving home what that means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. And we could never plumb the depths, the height, the width of the love of Christ. And yet Paul takes time to say, I pray for this. I pray that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened to understand this, that more and more we might grasp the love of Jesus. And I would say this to me as a, as a young mom, as a young wife, even as a college student, oh, revel in that love. Allow it to renew you. Allow it to fall fresh over you every day. There's no way you can exhaust the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Now, get as transparent as you want here, and it's up to you, but do you feel like learning that love of God has come through trial or blessing or a combination of both? Both, probably. Um, you know, I've been through, I, I mentioned my parents' marriage has fallen apart, and that's caused a lot of reflection for me. Um, my dad has chosen to be in a season of um, being distant from us, mm-hmm. and so I haven't talked to him in five years. Mm. Um, and that's caused a lot of hurt, but it's also allowed me to reflect on in what ways have I um, pictured God as father based on what my own father was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways it was good. I was daddy's girl and he showed me so much love as a daughter. Yet when he withheld that love, mm. how did that affect me? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was performance driven. Like I wanted to make him proud. I wanted to see that smile light up his face. Um, 
how does it affect my understanding of God that um, my own earthly father did walk away? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just getting to some of those root fears of a little girl that is, you know, in some ways I'm still that little girl. Um, But understanding that my heavenly father will never abandon me. He will never walk away from me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how terrible my day has been. It doesn't matter if I've yelled at the kids and I've binged on the brownies and I've been short with my husband. Um, He will not stop loving me. Mm -hmm. I might grieve his heart, the father, because he knows that that affects me and affects my relationship and it falls short of what he wants for me, but it doesn't make him turn his back on me Mm -hmm. because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. because Jesus is the one that stands before me and in front of me. And when God looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is love. That love compelled him to go to the cross. And Lisa, I've grown up knowing these things in my head, but it's only been recently that God has been drilling them into my heart mm-hmm. and changing how I understand my identity as beloved daughter of God. Yeah, I totally relate. I mean, you know, my my dad um, and I were estranged for four years. I've talked about that on the podcast from time to time. But I, I even just last week said to my accountability partner, one of my dearest friends, I am guilty of treating God like a slot machine. And my performance is pulling down that lever. Like, I've done it. I've done this, God. I've done this, God. Pull the lever and want to receive all the matching fruit pop up in the slot machine. Not that I've ever played one, but I'm assuming that's what pops up based on <laughs> So, you know, and I'm staying there waiting, waiting. Will this, will this bear the blessing? Will this, did I do this right? And then when it comes up as, you know, two lemons and a banana, I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? Why is this not working out the way I thought it was going to work out? And, and God has been showing me very recently that like, he is not a slot machine he he loves me even if I don't perform, even if I disobey, even if I sin. And you said it so beautifully because of Jesus. And and so I feel like God is trying to take my brain and wrap it around understanding the God of the Old Testament with the God of the New Testament. And I know that that's not going to be a fast journey. I sense that I'm on it for a long haul here of understanding the character of God and how his nature is so other than what I know from an earthly experience that I have to lay down all of my earthly understanding and pick up one that is eternally bent. That is who is God, not who is God through how I see God. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you, you've been saying you're working on the names of God is that a book you're working on? Is that coming out? Yeah, it's the names of Jesus, and it's my Advent devotional. But okay. really, you can read it at any time of the year. It just goes through 20 names of who Jesus is. Mm. Um, and in my experience, it's been like each name is a different gift that I get to unwrap mm. and meditate on. You know, no one name captures all the facets of Jesus's character and who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been, oh, what love that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, that he is the Lamb of God, that he is the one who um, guides me through the shadow mm. of death, 
through that valley that he is with me. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The deep, deep love of Jesus. That's good. Good. So where can people find that book and your other resources? How can they connect with you? Yeah, so um, that book is available really online in stores anywhere. Well, it's a seasonal book. So if um, this is not Christmas season, then probably just online on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also find me and get connected with my other books at onethingalone.com. Awesome. I am so glad that we had this chance to chat and squeeze it in in the busyness of motherhood. And so I'm wondering, would you be willing to close us in prayer? before we say goodbye. I would love to do that. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. There's not enough we could say about him. And thank you for Lisa. And thank you for her heart, for you and for women, for her own family and children. Lord, thank you for this podcast, for technology, for the ways that you are advancing your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for the sweet woman who is listening to this podcast right now. Lord, you know her. You know her name. You know her past. You know her family history. You know the worries and the troubles that are on her heart today. And Lord Jesus, you love her. Lord, I pray that even as she listens to this right now, that you would impress on her heart just how much you love her. I pray that she would be drawn to your presence, that she would find rest and peace and joy with you. Father, I pray for those of us who have children, that we would begin learning how to speak truth and blessings over them, but it's not too late to start. Lord, I pray that you would remind us as well through the Holy Spirit who we are as daughters of the Most High God. Father, thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here and encouraging us. You are a well of wisdom and mm. truth, and it's a real blessing, Ashrita. It has been my joy and my pleasure to be here, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More to Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a Sisterhood Circle member. You can find more about that at moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for you and a treasure trove of resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work. Now.